Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your host, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash here with legendary 76ers point guard Eric Snow and my brother, Tasia Dash. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? How are you guys feeling after uh, Thanksgiving? You guys uh, feeling pretty good? A little rejuvenated? Doing good, man. How you doing? Okay, can't fall. complain. Yeah, I can't complain. I'm, I'm like Tasia said. Yeah, I'm still a fool too. He, he and I had uh, the same. Uh, I think Tasia had a little had a little more uh, servings at uh, Thanksgiving than I did, but um, yeah, <laughs> still same, pretty. Uh, same, same amount of serving, just a larger plate. Yeah, I would agree throw that, that out yeah. there. <laughs> I'm yeah. Hey, I had a rebut after he said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we had this dude. We were sitting with this guy at uh, at um, it was like our our niece's uh, husband, and he, uh, like, I hate when people do this, but, you know, it was at the uh, at the dinner table. He called out Tage's plate. They pointed out Tage's plate. He was, man, that's a lot of food right there. And I was like, geez, I was like, oh, no, a lot of people got a lot of food in their plates, man. But the guy, like, totally, like, like had to say that. I was, uh. I, didn't, I didn't hear the comment. That's crap. <laughs> I thought I would have done anything anyway. I mean, it's freaking, you know, it's freaking thing. Yeah, like, you know, you, that, that, those, the, those are the ones you'd be like, dude, you don't know me like that. Like, yeah, yeah. Then it gets that's the beginning of the dinner. Then it gets like you have to sit near them all the rest of the time, like another hour or two. It's yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not gonna be uncomfortable. You're gonna be uncomfortable for I'm ever uncomfortable. So keep your oh, mouth yeah. closed then. Yeah. Uh Eric, my style, if you haven't picked up by now, is to take that comment, but then give it back to you a few times throughout the throughout <laughs> the night. Like <laughs> so I'll take yeah, that I, from you. It's just kind of slowly remember it and just like leak, let it leak out the rest of the night. A few jabs and every once in a while a a, a big punch, you know. Yeah, got you. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I try to have things back when I when I heard that one. Yeah. I, and I think he made another comment, which is the one you heard. You heard another plate comment, but that was the second one I had heard. And yeah, he like, did twice. I didn't hear yeah. the first one. <laughs> but. Yeah, that's that's why we only have dinner with this guy w- once a year. So not not not, not to he doesn't listen to the Sixers show anyway. He's not, not a Sixers, not a sports fan. That, that's how, that's you know red flag, not a sports fan, red flag right there. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. he watching plays, not games. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so since uh, so we'll get right into it with uh, with the Sixers here. Um, so uh, this is something that's kind of like stood out to Tasia. Now we were watching the, uh, the Timberwolves game. Um, we started talking about like what, like what, what's going on with our squad as far as when we play certain teams without certain guys. So that's kind of leads to our first question here. So this year we have five total losses. One was without MB against the fully loaded Minnesota Timberwolves, but the other four split between two of the games were against Bucks opening night and the shootout against the Pacers. 
and the two games against teams missing some of their best players. So the Cleveland without Donovan Mitchell and the Celtics without Porzingis and Jalen Brown, which we discussed on this team. But that's where kind of like, that's where my question goes here, uh, Eric. Why do you think the Sixers have such a hard time against teams without some of their best players? I just feel like those are the Celtics game we talked about. That should have been a gimme. That should have been a game we won. And then the Cleveland Cavs game, another game we should have won without Donovan Mitchell. Well, I mean, teams, you know, they, when when you're down and most people think you're going to lose, it's almost like, you know, a, a free game, a free ball where, you know, the expectations aren't there. So guys just come and play free. Um, and it's normal for other teams to kind of have a letdown a little bit if um, teams aren't or if teams are missing the guy. I mean, that's normal. You would think that. In professional sports, you know, guys would just let's just go win the game no matter who they have. Um, but I think we put ourselves in situations where these teams hang around and they're playing, and before you know it, these teams are in a game. It's a third or fourth, and now all of a sudden, you know, it's they can beat you. So we just put ourselves in a situation where these teams are fighting back. And as long as they continue to do that, and as long as they can continue to, to do that, we, we may see more of these. Like if you, you got to kind of put the hammer down quickly. And if you don't, you let them hang around before you know it. I mean, they're, they're still pros. They can, they can beat you or things can go wrong or you can start missing shots. Um, usually it's a combination of things. You miss some shots, turn the ball over. One guy gets hot. And before you know it's the end of the game, and now you're kind of playing against the scoreboard where you're down six with three minutes left and you just can't quite catch up. It's no different than if you're in practice. And when you practice, the first team don't always beat the second team, um, even though everybody knows the first team is better. But if you if you if you play a short clock, you basically play a short clock and the game is, is there to be – Taking it will be because it's not a series. So if you're talking about a series from team winning four out of seven or you know, you know, six out of ten or whatever it is, that's different. The better team would usually win that series. But when it's one game, yeah, you it can happen. So I just think the the focus like that you gotta have and you gotta maintain that from the beginning and maintain it all the way through. Um and sometimes I think that the approach and the de- defensive approach is changes and shifts because they always feel like, no, I don't have to, we don't have to address the top player um, because he's out. I've always been, been one to say, well, whomever the top player is, now that that top player is gone, you approach that top player the same way. Yeah. The next guy, you mean? Yes. Yeah. 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 And then he becomes a top player. But some people just abandon it all and just play people straight up before you know it. And like <laughs> when when that top player is out, somebody's going to take his place. Mm-hmm. Usually, sometimes it's collectively, but somebody like everybody's points are moving up. So uh, attack it the same way. Well, whoever's the next man in line for them, that next man in line have to see more attention, have to see some doubles, or have to see some others. And most times, those guys aren't used to being defended that way. And it's usually not even because, I mean, the NBA, so many stacked rosters out there. The top two guys on a lot of teams, I'm going to say most teams, but a lot of teams 
are pretty similar and close. So that guy, the second guy, doesn't have to really step up that much more. It's the third and fourth and fifth guys that have to kind of like pick up slack. And I think those are the guys that can, you know, well, score. I mean, that's what I'm saying. But most, 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 most game, what you know? I'm saying is most number two guys don't get consistently double teamed. Yes. So if you now all of a sudden you move a number two guy and you attack him, now he, he I guarantee you he's going to be tired of war out because he's not used to being to play that way. And now you got three or four that has to step up in a different manner, yeah. not, not just scoring, but they have to step up in a more of maybe a playmaking or have the ball more versus catch and shoot or when, the, when it's a substitution and you got to step up. Now it's like you got to do it for and maintain that for a whole game. That's different. But most teams yeah. don't approach it that way. I've always felt that you just – whatever game plan you have for number one, you have for number two if number one isn't, isn't playing. Yeah. But you'll be surprised many teams don't do that. They just – like if you're doubling number one, they won't double number two. They'll stick with the same game plan on number two that they had if number one was playing. Yeah, which is crazy if you think about it because that team who's missing the best player has the next man up. So, yes. like, like Mitchell, you're out. All right, Garland, you're our Mitchell. Now it's Garland. Yeah. Yes. But, but we're not saying, like, oh, he's the Mitchell. We're going yes. like, oh, that's just that's Garland. Well, that's that's Garland. Garland. We're gonna play him the same way we play Garland and Mitchell play. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's very true. Um, and, and you know, uh, when a best player is out, their second best player has been getting us pretty good anyway. And the third best well, player, most, most second best player, most second best players can do more than they do when yeah the situation presents itself. Yep. Sometimes the second best player. On, on nights where they're both healthy, are the best player on that team, right? Like they're capable of of any night of being that guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, they just have a higher usage when that guy's out, so they have more opportunities to do that. Like the Cavs starters, four of them had 18 points or more against us that game. Uh, Allen, I don't want to use the word dominated, but Allen gave it to Embiid pretty good. He had one of his best nights of his career. Uh, he had 26 and 13 season high in scoring. Second highest rebounding total of the season. It was his second highest mark for field goal makes in his career. Tied for his uh, high in attempts in his career. His fourth highest scoring total of his career. Struess had one of his classic uh, Miami games against us at five threes. Um, then against Boston, three scores, 18 or more. Horford had 14 against us season high. I think he had four threes in that game. Um, I, I noticed, too, I, I saw um, – two trending topics after both those games about um, Maxi being guarded a lot more physical in those two, uh, both Cleveland and and Boston try to really get at him and slow them down. So we don't just run away with it. Like we were talking about earlier. Um, he had a combined 37% shooting out of those two games, 8% lower than his season average. So they did something there to, you know, make him think twice. Um, one positive I could take away from all this is in the playoffs, you're not resting players. So, Unless a guy is just out for the series or really hurt, I mean, we're we are going to get a full arsenal from every team we play in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. It. It, it, obviously, you know, people, you know, the public kind of talks about when teams like, for example, the playing down aspect. I know you kind of you kind of went over that a little bit, but is that when 
is that something in the locker rooms? Like, for example, when you guys see the injury reports come out, like, okay, um, for example, Donovan Mitchell's out tonight. Okay, like, is there kind of like a, a a sense of relaxation in the locker room when it comes to that stuff, or is it? I mean, I mean, obviously, it shouldn't be that way, but like, is there a little bit of that? You think? I mean, like when when I played, I would address it. Like, he's not playing, but look, he's he's not playing, but we we gotta we gotta step up and play because these other dudes are coming to take care of their advantage, you know, their opportunity rather. Um, so we will have to come in and we'll have to address that because we know guys are coming in ready. Guys are coming in ready and people, somebody's trying to step up. Somebody's trying to come and make a name for themselves or get a contract for themselves. And so they're fighting for their livelihood. So you got to take it. You got You can't take it any less or any different. You got to probably be even more focused in on what guys do in their tendencies and what you need to do. Um, defensively in the game plan and be locked into all of that to limit those guys from doing more. Um, but that's why you have to all pay, always pay attention to everybody and know what they do well and what they really like to do. Especially if we're going back to what we talked about earlier, which is get them at, get at them early. So they feel a little more defeated with an under underhanded team, uh, under man yes. team, you know? Yeah. Like we're, we weren't supposed to win anyway. We're, we're without, Jalen Brown and uh, and um, uh, Porzingis tonight. We weren't even supposed to win. We're down by fifteen. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's no different than you know when we played without AI. I mean, you know, people didn't necessarily say we would win. So you felt that you felt like you know you feel good to go out there and win some games when they didn't play, and you can tell when people kind of like looked at you differently or felt that you couldn't do anything. Like all of that yeah. happened, so you were aware of that. Just expecting you to lose because you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Yes. Playing with house money at that point. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go to talk about hot starts and coming out right at the gate. We're going to talk about somebody on our team who's hasn't been doing that, but last night he kind of uh, showed up a little bit in the first uh, half of the game. But um, there's been a lot of talk about Tyrese Maxey not being aggressive to start games. He's averaging by far his lowest point total in the first quarter, which is about 3.4 points a game. The other three quarters, he's averaging uh, 7.7 uh, points uh, per quarter. Last night, he exploded for 20 points in the first half of the game, and he told Coach Nurse that he wanted slash needed to be more aggressive to open the game. And Nurse's response to that was, shit, I only tell you that every day. Um, so what are your guys' uh, thoughts on Tyrese Maxey's slow starts to open games? What, what do you think that, why, why do you think that's happening? I mean – in my opinion, it's tough to do. I mean, it's we, we say we want him to be a point guard and lead guard, and and involve other players and get people involved. If if you come out and you're getting yours, and then all of a sudden, um, we know Joel's gonna get his, and now Joel's doing, then you got pretty much two people taking all the shots. So. I believe where his slow start, I don't really necessarily believe them. I don't really think they're slow starts. Slow starts to me is not making shots. His has been more of not as aggressive. But if the aggressiveness comes and he maintains it through the game, I, I think the, the aggressiveness comes in with him situational, especially in the fourth quarter. And I think closing quarters. Um, 
but I I personally have no issue with his start. Um, I think that he needs to notice how things are going. If if we're having a slow start and Joel don't have it going or Tobias, we aren't getting any points from anywhere else, then you're like, all right, well, Raise let me kind of pick it up and kind of start attacking. So to me, it's more of a feel for how the game is going yeah. and kind of fill it out and see that, okay, maybe I need to be a more aggressive. And that's part of his growth. I mean, you have to always remember, I mean, he's a young guy from NBA terms. Yeah. Um, so I would say more, I would look more that way instead of just saying him come out and he just needs to be the same aggressive guy, go score all the baskets, been getting game. I mean, I do like his, his energy level is different. I think that that beginning of the game fit more of a mold when James was here than now. Just my that's just my opinion. Yeah, it's a great uh, it's a great outlook on it, right? You're, just, you're pretty much saying like. I think he knows his game so well. He knows he can just because a buddy of ours we talked to a lot. He's watched a lot more Philadelphia games this year, and he even said like sometimes I look at the box score and I can't believe Maxi has as many points as he does. And I was like, it's because he sh- he scores such a high volume in such a short amount of time. Like he'll he'll have like thirteen in like two minutes, and all of a sudden his point total went from like thirteen to twenty six, and you're like, whoa! I didn't even realize he had twenty six points. So I think he knows that about himself. So he's like, you know what? Let me try to get other people involved first. Mm-hmm. And then I know at any given moment, I'm just going to I'm shake that Coke bottle up and open that cap and watch it, watch it spray out. Um, so I, I, yeah, that's, that's a really good outlook on it. It's, it's, it's interesting too. Cause if you look at, you look at his third quarter, his third quarter was his second lowest scoring. Um, I think that one's at five, five something. Uh, and then the other ones are like eight and nine. So he comes out of each half a slower, a slower starter. Um, it doesn't worry me at all, though. I'm like you said too. He's not only young; it's it's a brand new role, full time role for him. Um, yeah. Having hard on the team for the last year and a half, it really kept Maxi from having to be in the position to get other people involved while getting himself warm up. It's hard, man. It's, it's a hard thing to do. You know that, obviously. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're the initial source for offense for you and for others, right? And you have another guy who you got to feed. So it's not just it's not just Max on a team with a lot of good shooters. You just got to, like, distribute him as he gets doubled and they hit shots. You have a guy who wants the ball a lot. So you have to, you have to make sure he gets his. You have to make sure guys stay engaged. Um and you also have to not be passive. So that's a lot to take on for a first time. I mean, he's doing it beautifully. It's a, it's a huge responsibility. Oh, man. Oh, man. So that's wow. why I said I have no issue with him um, doing that. Like that. That's not an issue for me at all. It's like um, – it's like a it's like a quarterback who's really good at running too, but he also has like a a bona fide stud number one receiver. He's like I I have to keep him in it. I have I have a good tight end. I have another good number two receiver, but I also need to call my own number when it's time to run and just take off too. So it's like yeah. it's a balance there. You have to do. Um, it's not like it's not working. I mean, we're, we're, what are we complaining about? Him not scoring nine points a quarter? <laughs> like, I, mean, I, I mean, I just don't get it. I mean, when you see what he's doing, like, I, I'm, I, 
to be honest with you, when when Marcus put this down as a topic, like I didn't really like, I didn't look at the games and watch the games and feel that. Yeah, I really didn't. Yeah, that that was an issue. That something that I would pick. Like that would be. I wouldn't. Like uh, I think Maxie's doing well. You know? Yeah, yeah, I think he is too. It's become a topic online because I think he's so good on other quarters. It's like, wait a minute. I noticed you don't do a lot. In the, you don't do as much in the first quarter, but. I mean, his overall output's incredible. He's not yeah, like I, mean, I, don't, I don't. I think I think that's a reach. I don't, I don't. I wouldn't have that as a concern. It's not a concern of mine. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and like I said, I think this situation or games where it may be different. But yeah, I think that's a reach to complain about that, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the, the, the back and forth between him and Nurse is interesting too, because it's like, well. I tell them that every day. You tell them just to be aggressive overall, or you tell them to be aggressive to start games because those are two different things, right? Like he is an aggressive scorer. He is all game from from start to finish. I mean, I I don't know if you I, I don't know if you want a guy to do that every single minute, every single game, right? Yeah, I mean, some guys you you kind of tell them to be aggressive. Like I've I've always told you, like being aggressive isn't always just scoring. So some of the aggression you could just be aggressive in making plays, aggressive in picking up defensively. So it's not always scoring, but in this particular situation, when we think of Maxi, everyone thinks it's about scoring. Mm-hmm. So it it could be something else. In my opinion, if it's just about him scoring and getting baskets, I don't particularly agree with that. Yeah. Eric, let me ask you a quick question about Maxi while we're just talking about his aggressiveness. Obviously, you're a great defender. Um, how would you guard Maxi? Do you ever watch him and be like, I would make him do this? I would I would try this on him? How well, would you approach him? I would limit his right-hand drives as much as possible. Yeah, that, yep. Um, I, know he's, I know he likes to shoot going left. I would trap him more. And so I would, you know, try to make him catch the ball out a little further, not and limit his catches on the run because he likes to catch on the go and use his speed to get separation. Yeah. So doing things to break up his speed, break up his rhythm. Um, whether you step in front of him, make him go back door some, top lock him a little bit. But when doing that stuff, you got to be locked in on the your help defense as well. So it's not just that one person. That one person can do things, but it has to be a system that's in that everyone else is understanding what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yeah. Let's not let's not show anyone this stuff. Yeah, I would send him away a lot of the times when we hand off and and he comes and get it. Like I would send him. I would start sending him away or start trapping him a lot. A lot of people won't trap him because he's coming off Joel a lot. Um, so I would send him away. I, I would send him and make Joel and all those guys throw some more backdoor passes. Just make, I noticed, make backdoor passes. I noticed on some of those handoffs, uh, Cleveland, uh, some of their longer um, big men like Mobley, who can move, and Allen's pretty mobile too. They were trying to make him. They were chasing him out all, almost to like the the half yes. court line. They, they were like, yes. you know what? Start from scratch again. Go out there. Yeah, and then they just, were going back. That, that aggressive, the aggressive trap where you just go and we like. We just gonna go and then 
but they also the ability that Cleveland has, so they can do that because then they're rotating another big to Joel, where most yeah. teams aren't. Yes, it's true. Um, so yeah, you trap them, get it out. Now you play one on one. They're gonna pick a road, and you you can kind of do it the same thing. And now you got them playing against the clock. Yeah, kind of mix it up, and you'll and you'll see a lot more of that in the playoffs. You'll see a lot more of that in the playoffs, and that's when when we were talking about a while ago, we were talking about Philly's offense and how creative and everything was. But if you watch just that point, all we're doing is picking rolls and handoffs. Yeah, <laughs> that's basically all we do. Bread and butter, baby. But that's what I said. But no, but that's what I said. Like every team, pretty much does all this action to come back to the same thing. Get your best players to basketball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other stuff just breaks the uh, breaks the habit it a little just, bit. Just, gets them to make a mistake beforehand. Yep, it's all window dressing until you go back to the same old thing. Um, so sticking with Tyrese Maxey, uh, so last night or against the Lakers, he had thirty points and eight assists and no turnovers. I feel like it's like a common thing now. It's either no turnovers or one turnover uh, for Maxey. Um, and this little stat uh, nugget that I saw from our friend of the program, Trill Bro, dude. Um, quote, Tyrus Maxey has the lowest turnover percentage of any player with at least 25% usage and a 25% assist rate since the merger. Pretty interesting. Um, so currently he stands as the odds-on favorite for most improved player. The merger? In the like the merger like as an ABA, NBA? Yeah. yeah. They kept stats for these guys back then? I guess there's a he posted the list of it too. So I saw like Jordan. I saw like I mean, I saw all time names on that list. Yeah. Okay. You have to go. No, I'm just saying. I just don't know how you you kind of like grab that stuff. It's just different, you know. Um. Anyway, he did what now? Uh, the the the, you want to read the stat again? No, just the the last part you said. Oh, okay. You said system merger. Yes, uh, system merger. So he's also on top of you know doing uh, stuff that hasn't been done since the merger. Um, he's also the odds-on favorite for most improved player right now. Uh, Obviously, only. Small sample size, only a month into the season, but uh, I want to do a kind of a Tyrese Maxey uh, heat check here since he's kind of the he's the hot topic. I know we have the reigning MVP, but he's the hot topic right now. So I want to ask you guys. I'm gonna go down three different things. I want to ask you guys if he checks the box yet, in your opinion. So I'm gonna go. Do you think Tyrese Maxey is right now is an All Star? Yes. Yes. Okay. Do you think Tyrese Maxey is an All Star starter as of right now? Should be, will not. I agree with that too. Yeah, he's okay. a little behind. He's a little behind in the name recognition. I, yeah, I just don't think that he'll 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 go um, in front of Halliburton. Halliburton. Um, uh, that's another yeah, name right He can go in front of Halliburton. Yeah, but, but but he'll go in front of Halliburton to me in popularity because he's in Philadelphia. Yep. But I don't know if he'll go in front of yeah. Halliburton. For coaches, for players, players, but but I still think I mean you still got Mitchell, you still got Dane, you still got what you call it. We got to remember that um, Tatum is listed as a guard too. Oh yeah, that's true. right. So Tatum, he'll be the number one guard as far as votes. That's true. Yeah, they don't they don't hard stick to the point shooting or they just do two guards, right? Yes, they just do two guards. Okay, yeah, that's gonna throw it off for sure then. Yeah. Yeah. So he has some competition, and it really depends on how people still look at Mitchell. Um, obviously, Dame has fans no matter how he's playing, and if Milwaukee still has one of the top three records, he'll be up there. 
Tatum's going to be up there. I mean, like I said, Mitchell has this fan base and people voting for him. It's like if you're not paying attention to how – if you're just picking guys and you're not paying attention like we do with the Sixers and people aren't paying attention to these guys, they're going to pick name recognition in most cases. So so say, for instance, the Boston fans that want to to pick Tatum, like who's going to be their second guy? Is it a Philly guy? <laughs> yeah. No. You know the next best guy is another Boston guy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But would a, would a Philly fan pick Tatum though? That's that's where it's different. I don't. Know, I feel like not, I don't know if Sixers, Sixers fans are fond of Jason Tatum, but they know what he's capable of because he goes that's off. That's what I'm us. saying. Like they would pick him because I don't like Boston, but he is good. Yeah. Can you bring yourself to do it though? That's the question. Yeah. So you you may be a Boston fan, like I got Tatum and. No, I take Dame over him. Mm. And that's a yeah. legitimate argument if you're talking about yeah. careers. Yep. It's true. That's why I just like I he I, I think he's in. If he could especially if he continues at this pace, he's comfortably in. I just don't know if he will get in. <laughs> I think he will get in. I just don't know if he get in as a starter, especially in the first year. Him. Especially in the first year. Yeah. He also uh, Brunson could be another guy up there, the New York fan base, you know. Yeah. It's another guy to throw in there. Yes. They easily get more votes. Trey Young. Yep. You, you see what I'm saying? And Trey did what? Did Trey did make, not make it last year, too? Did he get snubbed? Yeah, I think he did get snubbed. He might have gotten snubbed. Him and James, I believe, didn't make it. Did they add Trey for whatever that injury was when they went on the hardened decline? Was that Trey that they added at the end? Maybe. I'm I don't remember. Sure, but I, I, if I remember right, right, I don't think he got in because um, Brunson, did Brunson get in? Yeah, Bronson got that last spot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, and- still, yeah, Trey. I mean, I didn't even, you know, I'm thinking about, and then you're looking at, um, I'm not sure about his injury, but you look at what LaMelo Ball's done like the last 10 games. Yep. That's another flashy guy who has the name, Rick. Yeah. So, yeah. That's well, why like, I said he should, he will, you know, should start, uh, but I don't think he will. But I, but he'll get in though, especially if the Sixers stay on, you know, top one of the top teams. He'll get in. Yeah. Uh, and final question here: um, Do you think Tyrese Maxey will make an All NBA team? That's going to be even harder because you're because that that list we developed for the East. That's yes. like that's on that when you do All NBA. No, I don't think he will. Because you got SGA on that list. Do do I think he do I think he do I think he will have a all NBA season? Yes. Do I think he will make all NBA three teams, six guards? No, unfortunately not. I mean, we look you go to the West, man. You just you got um the kid was the kid from OKC. You got Luca. De'Aaron Fox. You got and you got Steph Curry. Curry. Before you even go anywhere else. Yeah. You got those three. Yeah. Right? Um, and then you got Edward. and then you got and then you got like say for instance, Minnesota, the way they're playing finishes in the top four. You got Edwards you gotta deal with. I yep. know. Um, so that's just boom. Um, to be honest with you, like I don't know if well, I guess John Morant can't play enough games, but I was just saying just how it depends on how he comes back and if he turns that team around, but I don't think he's going to play in enough games to yeah. make it. Um, and then you go to the, the East. 
<laughs> like it, like we're we're loving what Maxie's doing, but like Maxie gave the Pacers fifty, but during that same two game span, Halliburton averaged thirty and sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like some crazy numbers. Yeah. So, so what what, what do you think he would have to do in order NBA to say what what what, what and, kind of numbers? And, and also have to remember, have? and also remember, Tatum is a guard. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um. So what we have to do? I think sustain this all season. Yeah, he has he has to sustain this, and we have to stay obviously a top. It would help us to win the win the conference. Yep, I think that would be his best chance to do it if we win the conference, and we have some separation between two. Like we're clearly the top team in the East, if not the top team in the league. Sort of the year that when we had the best record, a season like that. Um, for the team, and then he continue to play the way he's playing. Um, because I think where he is, he, he he's going to need a great deal of team success with his success to be All-NBA, yep. to pass some of those other guys. He's, because we all know Steph Curry can make first a team All-NBA and they have a seventh seed. Yeah. But Maxie can't do that. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? So that's where it's like it's different. Um, he's currently 11th in scoring, 10th in assists. He's averaging almost a block in a steal game. I think he's like 0.7 and 0.8. 11th in assist to turnover ratio. And the only guys that come anywhere near him in usage or the ranked above him are Van Fleet and Chris Paul. Um, he's actually above Halliburton and this is turnover ratio as good as Halliburton is at that stat barely, but he is above him. Um, I just saw a cool staff from Rich Hoffman too. Uh, league wide assist combo passer to score rankings. Um, Maxi to MB is number two overall in the league and B to Maxi is 12. Wow. You know, Embiid is 11th overall in assists, right? Yeah. Well, that's what I said. They play two man game. It's just basically them two. Yeah, that's what I was saying before. Like it's basically them two playing two man game. Yeah. So, yeah, I just I I think that him playing with Joel will hurt more than help as far as voting. Not, yeah. Not yeah. as far as winning. Um, because I think he's going to start getting some of the Jamal Murray treatment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, he's good, and we didn't know he was that good, but he's got him. On, yeah, they're not putting you on. The teams, you know, the top teams and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for rival fans. Yeah. I'll put Embiid on there. I'm not putting two Philadelphia 76ers as my starter. That's you get one. Point. You get yeah. one. That's what I'm saying. So it, I, I just don't see people putting both of them on there, especially the voters. Like, I don't know who do this voting. I really don't. I know I don't have a vote, but I just don't see most of them doing it. Like, I mean, they didn't even think – a lot of had a lot of them didn't even think Joel was MVP, and now they're gonna put two people on there. Like, <laughs> I know. I was just gonna say Embiid has a hard enough time getting All NBA first team himself. Yeah, <laughs> even he's not a shoe in year in year out. Exactly. Because, exactly. You, know. you look at the most MVP rankings; he's maybe like not even in the top three. Yeah, most of these most of these rankings, which is crazy because his stats overall are actually they're better than they were last year. 
He's averaging 32, 11, and almost seven. He's a playmaker now. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, hopefully Maxie gets uh hopefully he gets all three of the of the, the, the trifecta that we're talking about here. Man. Um okay, so we're gonna go to our final topic here. So Wednesday night, our 76ers travel to New Orleans. And um, yeah, I, I don't think they look at injury reports. I don't think there's really be I think Uber actually might play in this one, so we'll have Kelly back potentially. Um, he's, I know he's traveling, so we're gonna see tomorrow shoot around. But New Orleans, I don't think they have any injuries right now. Zion came back last night, so it looks like they'll be fully healthy. When we, well, no McCollum still, but it looks like they'll be fully healthy outside of CJ McCollum. Who do you guys have? The line's not out yet in this one, but who do you guys have, and what are you looking for against New Orleans tomorrow night? I I think we could pull it out. I mean, my concern is Zion and how we're going to defend him. Um, be interesting to see if we put Joel on him. And if we don't, then I guess you'll start Joel on the big fella. But who's going to guard him? Try put Tobias on him? Yeah. I don't know. He don't, he don't have the energy to really go and snag 15 rebounds in Austin. But he's so efficient around the rim. Um. That or Batum, I think between those two, I'd probably rather. No, Batum got a guard Ingram. Harris got a little more meat on him. Yeah, I mean, he's, he obviously think Batum has to be on Ingram. Yeah. Ingram's playing, correct? Yep. yep. That's a much better um, match for sure. There, I think we pull it out. It's going to be close, though. Yeah. I agree. I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be within, like, six points. Yeah. Is that New Orleans – the New Orleans tough place to play, Eric. The Horn- you you play against the Hornets, right? Yeah, I play in New Orleans too. It, it I mean, they their crowd is 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 good. I mean, it's it's one of those places where you can have a good like we had a good following. Like we would have some fans there. Um, their fans get into it. It wasn't the place that I felt like the noise hindered anything okay. or hindered or hindered communication. Yeah. Yeah, I know some quarterbacks say playing in uh, New Orleans and, and football is a kind of a tough place to play. But I mean, I didn't yeah, know New Orleans, I heard was really tough. The the, yeah. the football team, yes, I did yeah. hear that. We don't have. I didn't. It's a lot of places I would pick over um, basketball for as far as being louder. A lot of places, more of an impactful uh, yeah. arena. All right, guys. Well, that does it for us. We'll be seeing you guys Friday as we preview Game Three of the Sixers Celtics series already in the season. Not even thirty games in, not even twenty games in yet. We're already playing uh, Celtics yeah. three times. Crazy. Yeah. All right. Ready to go. But all right, guys. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We'll see you guys Friday. Take it easy, fellas. Right, take it easy. Later, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.